Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. Uh, what was it like recording with Mariah Carey on the Prince of Egypt soundtrack? That was my, my question. And when Mariah, when, when, when Whitney came out to the stage manager, she points to me and she says, this is the guy he's going to ask the question. She tells Welcome back to the Coaching Call podcast. Grab some coffee, tea, or your favorite beverage and join me for a fun show as I chat with Vinny Potestivo. Vinny is an Emmy Award-winning media advisor who helps clients leverage their media exposure find fame, and make an impact. Vinny, Vinny, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you, my friend? Great, sir. How are you? Exceptional and getting better every day. Hey, you know, that's, uh, that's when, you, when you listen to the, what the cosmos are telling you, right. there's no other direction than better. So, so it's yeah. good to hear, by the way. I haven't seen you in a minute, by the way. So welcome to 2023. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me back and here again at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. We have so much to talk about. You have made an impact with so many people, and I, I am thrilled to have you on, on, on my show, but thrilled to have you share your experience with everybody, for everybody to get to know the exceptional person that you are and what you're doing. You know, 2023 is relatively, it's, it's the beginning of the year. We've had a few days to really decide what this year is going to be like, right? And now we're in it, right? Now, is it going to be the same? I don't think it is going to be for you. I think you have a lot of things planned. You know, life has to continue. We need to make changes in the way we do everything, right? Yeah, I think, by the way, uh, I look at life, I look at reality TV, both of these gigantic, enormous volumes of, I look at them all as uh, a baseball game. Mm. There's innings, there's outs, there's errors, we're going to get there. And slowly and methodically, inning by inning, and uh, annually by annually, day by day, we get better. We do. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about Little Vinny. (laughs) <laughs> when you were a child right uh, yeah what possessed you when you were younger and i don't mean possess in a negative way but to do some of the things that you did even as a kid because it's the people that influenced us when we were little it's the mm-hmm. the emotions we went through it's the challenges we had it's it, it's even 
the thoughts we had that eventually reflect to who we are today, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I love the way you framed this. Um, mm. uh, I would say that um, I think I'm thinking of little Vinny. Uh, yeah, I was able to turn some coping mechanisms into some superpowers. <laughs> that's, that's, awesome. that's for sure. Nice. That's for sure. Um, you know, I am the oldest. I, I, uh, growing up, I'm the oldest of four. Now, as an adult, I'm the oldest of six children. Mm. Um, Pre-internet, so you know, there was an awareness of what we didn't know, but we didn't quite know how much <laughs> we didn't yeah, know. Yeah. You know, it wasn't as quantifiable maybe as it is now, perhaps. Some decisions were made in my family from my parents that um, I had no control over, but affected us and the siblings, um, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, mm. um, uh, a divorce, mm. changing religions, changing schools. You know, I can go through a list of things. And you and I grew up very similar. <laughs> oh, yeah? oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm so sorry that you had to go through what you did. But what a beautiful person you are. And it's it because of that, right? You have stamina, yeah, and it, it true. I re, I really I wish it on no one. All right. By the way, I wish it on no, not a single person. That being said, there's so much power in in how we rebound and create our own path. Mm -hmm. I can go. So I'm the oldest of four, by the way. Putting people first for me came easy. I had mm -hmm. siblings, so I, I quickly learned to not want anything. I learned to focus on other. I I learned to not want anything to minimize. I should finish that thought. I learned to not want anything to minimize disappointment. Mm. So if I didn't want anything, I can't be disappointed. If I get it, then I could be happy. But it's, you know, fate starts coming into play and how my, my understanding of the law of attraction starts coming into play here. Right. Putting people's goals first. Um, that's been a career MO for me. Like really putting, putting other people on camera and making their dreams come true and fighting in the room for them to have access to audiences and platforms. And mm. um, I was lucky to get to work with Mandy Moore when, when, when she was 15 mm. um, and brought her into MTV and to her first TV appearance and lucky to get to cast Beyonce in her first film. Mm. Um, while I was a casting assistant at MTV, you have ability to really protect people and, and their journey a, a, a little bit right you want them to have individual as a, i'm thinking i'm talking as a sibling and as a casting director <laughs> i want them to have i want them to be protected but i want them to have individuality as mm, well right. i want them to be able to do it completely their way but i need everyone to understand what that looks like on both sides of the equation right. um, by the way that's when i learned that castings you know most people go into a casting and they're nervous about their performance and if you just think about the way that you can make this producer's job the best, most easiest, most memorable day ever. If that's the MO, mm. then <laughs> right. success. It's all about that collaboration. Collaborating. Yeah. You know, I learned to I learned that parents, I learned that adults say things that they don't necessarily do. They might mean it, but they don't do it, or they might do it and not mean it. Right, right. Uh, you know, these these actions. Where the word where words are one thing and actions are another really helped me understand a person's character. I think I use that in casting. Um, and I've kind of just throughout MTV, by the way, one of my my first big sort of jobs um, after la launching my agency was to create the talent development department at MTV. And while at MTV, um, we created Punked and Newlyweds and Osborns and a, a just a tremendous amount of unscripted programming. I hel wow. We helped. We helped. Like the top one percent creators 
change their lives, change their careers, change their trajectories, the scope of what they were capable of. Like we gave Ashton Kutcher not just a show, but like a media, it kicked off his media empire. You know, right. he needed this win, this cataclysmic win mm -hmm. on MTV to show the world what he was capable of, how, how much his finger was on the pulse of, mm. of what, what brought people together, what created community, what created change. Right. I think there's a. I think you also learn. I also learned the responsibility that comes with be, having a creative mind. You know, oh if you're gosh, ideas yes. <laughs> out there and words out there. Responsibility is everything. Um, that's when I say I'm sorry about what I did casting Housewives of New Jersey. That's the only one oh. that I'm going to say I'm sorry for. Um, everything else on Bravo, I absolutely love. But those women do different things that I thought they would never do on camera. Mm. Um, Producers push them in a certain direction as well for years, but now there's more responsibility at that network mm. with those producers and with that talent. And I think that that's what's changed the tone of storytelling that's allowed characters to develop more. Yeah. And in this day and age where everyone says story is like the most important thing, I'm like, really story? Because I can tell you about David and Goliath as characters and you can give me a completely different version of right. that story than, than I was taught. Or mm. uh, I can go on and on about, you know, the characters that stand the test of time uh, where stories don't, they become fairy tales and, mm -hmm. fantasy. Yeah. and news or sordid news or <laughs> that weird, <laughs> you know, section of fact and news, that weird, you know, intersection <sighs> there, but hel helping people stand out in that process. Um, being sustainable, really, really approaching it from a healthy perspective where you're you're successful because of your surroundings, not in spite of your surroundings. That's that's what I wanted so much as a child. And that's what I do day one since mm. I've been able to help get people on camera, on audio, in films, in TV, get their shows sold, books seen, podcasts heard. Beautiful. Podcast, a broadcast. You know, I, I love that intersection and, and I'm, I'm really excited about right now in 2023 about the power that small business owners, independent creators like me and you mm -hmm. have to own our intellectual property. Right. And most of my experience and my background is someone selling IP to an American network in America, the networks claim ownership of the IP in other territories. That's not true. Mm. So uh, Apprentice was sold outside of America and then it was licensed. Mm. A, a version of it was licensed to America. So the ownership is different. Ownership over IP is everything. And podcasters, whether you're a guest or a host, have that IP now. That's that's one of the most valuable things I think we could be creating. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I love the fact that, you know, you, you brought back your, your childhood and you put it into your current role. But we missed a couple of things, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're a good one, huh? <laughs> because I, I pay attention and because I'm interested. Spotlight on. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm definitely interested because you you said you were the oldest and, and you felt like you had to take care of your younger siblings. You had to help other people. But something in you made that happen. It wasn't like, this is your role. This is what you have to do. No, something in you triggered that you realize, and you talked about abuse and you talked about different ways of, you know, you grew up and moving to different schools and so forth. I, I think that looking out for other people, you took on that as a responsibility for yourself, right? And who would you say was your, and listen, I've had so many different people influence my life. 
both in a negative and a positive way. And I value them both. The yeah. people that hurt yeah. me the most, man, they taught me great lessons. Oh, yeah. Right. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody to go through what I went through, like you said, right? Yeah, but I don't. I don't need to learn that the oven's hot the long way. No, or over <laughs> and know, over, I, I, right? You learn yeah, it yeah, once. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, right? When we think about, I don't want anybody to go through my experiences, but we all have to go through some challenges in our lives, because otherwise, listen. If you woke up from the minute you were a child to the time you were an adult and everything was peachy and everything was perfect what would happen to you when you were walked into a studio your first job or anything and things didn't go peachy and nice you probably fall apart so yeah. it's it's those it's, yeah, it's there's a whole generation that you're defining right there too <laughs> well, no they're real, right i think i think the millennial generation gets a lot of the the, the archetype of overprotected and we like exactly what you said we we the woke generation didn't want them to go through we nerf proof literally nerf proofed the earth and killed bubble. it while doing it by the way remember the movie <laughs> with john travolta the bubble kid in the bubble, the bubble exactly <laughs> exactly we put the kids in the bubble yeah jake gyllenhaal was the kid right i think so yeah but he didn't bubble. even want to be in in the bubble no. well he and that was an experience not yeah, and look at them, and they revolt, right? And then, and then you see, you see now how there's, uh, they have different financial priorities. Mm -hmm. Then, I mean, I'm Gen X, so I throw that. You know, I'm Gen X. I'm right, seven, right. born seventy-seven. But, I, but as I said, my I really focus on my brother and sister. My brother, my younger brother and sisters were born in eighty-four, eighty-five. That demographic has been a demographic that I've been entertaining and educating my entire. I'm like locked in <laughs> to, I am locked in talent wise and mm -hmm. audience wise. I'm locked in to um, helping create words and energies that, that they really respond to. And now their children, you know, come to. So it's, it's, and I bring up this MTV stuff and some names and, I, and my eye just twitched because I always get awkward talking about some celebrity names because they can be big and over, overburdensome. As a shared experience, I just want to show up. Maybe, maybe y'all saw, saw some of my shows. I saw the same things you saw too. And mm -hmm. then you did something different with it than I did. And I did something different with it than you did. That's the part that I'm most. That's intriguing. I'm most interested in. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's the part I'm most interested in. So who, who would you say growing up before MTV, before any of these things? Before even 10 years old, who would you say was a role model for you? Oh, my grandmother, nice. my grandma friend. Mm. Yeah. Mm. When I think of numbers, I think of her, I think of, <laughs> I think of her playing cards. I see like four hearts. I see three spades. <laughs> when I think of numbers, when I think of math, when mm. I, the times table, it was all down with her. Nice. Uh, I'm about 15 years younger than my um, oldest than my youngest uncle on my dad's side, we all grew up in my grandmother's house. Mm. Uh, I grew up in the same bedroom that my, in the same house and the same bed. You know, I went to the same school that my, my dad and his, his siblings went to. They were, my dad's the oldest of six also. Gotcha. And uh, in Staten Island. There you go. And um, I had the same teachers for better or for, I should say for better and for worse. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's a couple of times it worked to my advantage, sometimes not. Um, my 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 relationship with my grandmother, 
the hours I spent mm. going through the encyclopedia with her, wow. um, hours I spent, you know, um, learning her recipes. It's, it's weird to say this. My brother was just over recently and I was preparing dinner. And I was like, well, what do you make? That's kind of like how the way, you know, like, you know, our, our parents made it. And I was kind of like, huh, I'm like my job. <laughs> no, I don't, I didn't, I didn't. My job was not, my job was keep the kids out of the kitchen. My job was not anywhere. Right. In there and, and if it was i don't know i was a pretty frustrated teen um but uh she also taught me the power of taking control you know i would play cards up and i would play cards and math games oh my gosh i love that i think that that primed me for coding and being a coder i'm at the up by the way i'm a data guy i, I, I got my it. job at mtv because i knew how to work databases in microsoft word i could wire two vcrs together to edit two VCRs because I used to get frustrated that I couldn't record it the way I wanted to. Someone taught me how to how to wire. All about creating space. All about creating my terms. Oh, yeah. uh, and then there was this one other driving force I would say throughout my entire life, I, as early as ten, perhaps when I, I really wanted to be an individual. I did not want to be able to be compared. Mm. So weird to say this. I I, I strive so hard to be unique. Mm -hmm. And I did it by finding ways I was most relatable, the most you know boring facts about me, the things that are like the most obvious that we all share in common, so right, I can right. understand the pieces that you know make me unique in this world. I didn't have the ability to go on social media and post my story, my image, my likeness, and then people like it, share it, heart it. Not back then, no. no feedback like that back then. You know, and I, I wanted that so bad. I turned to databases. Like I loved the internet. I spent mm. hours creating web pages on GeoCities and like nineteen. You remember GeoCities? Yeah, <laughs> like coding, just like HTML. You know, I can go into a I can go into a web page and pull a link out quicker than anybody. It always right. impresses the execs in the room. And I'm like, let me. I'll show you where the link is. Go into view source and let me get it for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, understanding how things are built. Mm. That, I mean, like, the, I'm the guy who took apart his first computer. I took apart my first TV. Right. I took apart my first toy train. Um, all of them, all of this is not sad, but all of those were hand-downs. So that was part of the factor, by the way. I took them apart knowing that they were a gift. And, and um, But, you know, if they say if it's not broke, don't fix it. I wasn't, I did not have that mentality. And, and not that I felt like I could fix it. I just wanted to understand how things Because then, then I could understand the inquisitive mind, right? That I could understand how I could work with them. Mm -hmm. Like it was, for me, it was all about collaboration. If they're tactical, then I could be strategic. If, if I'm creative, then I need a tactician to help me. If I'm in creative mode, I need someone to be able to help me publish. If I'm creating, <laughs> it's like, I can't play the piano. I couldn't get two hands to do two different things at the same time. But that's like, that's, and, I, and I've learned to collaborate my entire career and my entire life. I've mm. learned to collaborate to get the results, not, not the process. It's not about the tools. It's not about the, uh, you know, the, the way I go about it. It's who I'm doing it with that to me mattered the most. Yeah. It's more fun that way. And, and that turned out to be networking, which I didn't, uh, yes. you know, know I was doing then. And so I would approach these shows at MTV. I would get an assignment, you know, um, cast uh, the host for, for cast the host for uh, the challenge. Mm. And our executive at MTV was an avid skier and it was the Olympics. It was big. And Johnny Mosley, the American Olympian, you know, gold time medalist, 
had just hosted SNL, I thought this is a great way for me to get an athlete onto the network. Now I worked at MTV like in the late nineties. That's right when ESPN two right. had a big presence and pulled every male viewer off that. And we were, and MTV stopped playing music and the music we were playing was more boy band mm -hmm. girl pop. So we, we, we tried to create MTV two for more of those male viewers that were leaving MTV, but they weren't, they were just going to ESPN two. I got to work on rock and jock football and like <laughs> all, all like the you know sports and music festival tony hawk jumping out of airplane uh helicopters like uh, we the weirdest things and there was no space for athletes at that network and athletes have a challenging schedule you know there there's on there's on and off cycles so working with an olympian was tough because he's got a cycle um uh dave mira you know x games was just just becoming commercialized and really seen as a sport nationwide. Dave Mira was the rising star of that. Um, so we were able to work with him, God rest his soul, an amazing guy, did a couple of seasons. But again, they had seasons. Um, and it was TJ Lavin, the guy who's currently hosting it now. He's hosted it for like 40 something you yes. know, shows now. <laughs> and it's so cool because I remember- well, Like 40 years, right? It seems. It's forever, by the way. Him and Rob Deerdick and Nick Cannon are like the old oh guys gosh, on the network. Yeah. It's so, it's so yeah. fun to, to know I was there and I brought Nick and, uh, and uh, TJ into the equation. Um, and, and, and now we're what? At Generation Alpha? So that's, that's three generations that they've helped shape and <laughs> a lot of pressure, guys. <laughs> But but we had this conversation back then. We said, look, look, it's not about being in the room and being on camera. It's about making making a project so you can bring in the right people to work on them. I, I got to MTV right after UMTV Raps was launched, after major conversations about culture had been addressed. Mm -hmm. What happens is, you know, as 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 is anything, when you fix something, you kind of rush. In the beginning, there's like a quick rush and then an unfortunate lull. Right. I started right at that rush. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, that's my energy. That's mm. the that's the change. That's, that's the level. That's the, well, I know <laughs> for everyone, it, it could be exhausting. I realize this. You know, power power can be pushy sometimes, if not if not persuasive. Emotion can be misjudged um, as as um, as 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 if it's not a real data point. By mm -hmm. the way, um, you know, we want our our content to be successful. Of course, but like creativity, the more you have creative, the more creativity you have, the more you spend, the more you have like the Yeah, but but there's power in energy because you can have still energy, which is still powerful, right? Oh, yeah. And then you can have vibrant energy that's still that's really bursting at the seams almost right. And that one is the one that's be, that's a little dangerous because, yeah. you know, you don't really know what's going to trigger it off. Right. Sometimes. Well, that's funny you say that. For me, it's about boundaries. I love that you just said that because even even you said it. We're I think we're a couple of like weeks into 2023. Yes, but also I have an annualized strategy. I have a word of the month, and it's the same word of the month that I've had now for three years that I've been using the strategy. It gives me peace of mind. It lets me know that in January I have this one presence, not. With a TS, obviously, that was December's word. No, I'm kidding. But presence, <laughs> our, our presence, accepting our presence, owning our presence, being in our presence, really, really understanding the shape, the shape of our shadow, uh, the imprint, 
that we make the footprints, that we make the the evergreen and the overnight, you know. So I, and I have words so that I can be focused throughout the year. And I have, and I hope to have many, many annual loops, but that's my strategy is like, not that I'm like depending on time to happen, but it allows me to be present. And I think I have both vibes uh, nice. that you're describing here. Uh, I can definitely be, you know, uh, magnetic, level and as well as as consistent in the but that's the listener part in me too i think that's yeah you you need that in order to have that balance right i'm curious what motivated you to get even into this industry right to help other people we, we know that you wanted to help your siblings <laughs> right but inspired you or who led you in this direction that you, what now what was your first break if you will in show business how did you even come about it? Oh yeah. Ooh. Um, okay. So, haha. Um, I'm bringing you back. So it was October '98. Picture it, Sicily, 1998, Staten Island, 1998. I'm a senior doing? in college. <laughs> I'm a senior in college. I had a conversation with a friend, a very smart friend, by the way, um, and ultimately went to something called the Landmark Forum. Are you familiar with it? No. Landmark, Landmark Forum. Um, and in, in this seminar series, I learned, you know, the version, the version of our story is not maybe necessarily that something true, like that maybe we are just like bad storytellers inherently and we tell like, we inherently make ourselves the victim, thinking that we're making ourselves the hero and if we can change our story, we can change our reality and that like blew my mind. Right, I changed gotcha. the spelling of my name from Vinny with a Y to Vinny with an I-E that night because I-E was like a hint towards a feminine word in Italian and in, in, in Spanish and I wanted my I wanted to let the world know who I was without having to talk about my sexuality and the IE for me also was a change from my father is Vinny Potestivo as well so I'm again seeking individuality and seeking unique ways to stand out by the way changing people people's spellings of their names that's a secret trick that I'm really good at and <laughs> you'd be surprised at, at some celebrity names that I, I helped create I'm good at that by the oh, way really? Um, yeah, yeah. When you ID, I'm good at the ID, and, and and when you're doing the rebuild. So it was a Thursday night, and I think I called everyone in my family and had the conversation about being gay and being comfortable with it, and just getting out in the open and ripping the bandaid off. It was a Saturday that I decided I wanted to be a casting director because I just wanted to be surrounded by talent. Mm. I feel like when I'm when I'm surrounded by people, I take on. <laughs> those straight with if it's comedians i think i'm funnier if it's artists i think i can paint better it's the weirdest <laughs> it's, it's it's sick but it's true i don't even want to get into it though you adapt to the room yeah i really but i there there's my number one coping mechanism by the way mm -hmm. is how to blend yeah. and win people over quickly that's the casting skill set you know yeah um, i knew not a single person in the entertainment industry i wanted to be a casting director and now the person says to me, well, then, the, then you have to say you're a casting director in your head and you have to act like you're a casting director. And it kind of upset me because mm. um, they just said act on it. You know, uh, I now tell people to take inspired action and I, I now know what that means. But if I told me that then, I would have no clue what that meant. For me, what I did is there was this thing called Backstage Magazine. I where you would go to find like non-union actors and models and people who wanted to be in commercials that you know didn't have representation and i took out an ad 20 bucks i said i'm vinnie potestivo casting director send me your headshots and resumes i'm looking for future work for future ta future talent for future projects if you, if you'd like me to, to be in my files 
send me your information. One Campus Road, Wagner College, Student Box 577. I can't put my student address down. I didn't even think about anything. <laughs> um, and I had about 700 responses wow. in a month. About 700 responses. Out of $20. Look at that. Out of $20. I turned to my job at the computer center. I built a database on Microsoft Excel. Actually, it was access. It was really pretty. I had the access. <laughs> I was like so into it. I got the macros to do everything. Cool. Um, and then I would, while I'm getting paid at the student um, computer center, I would scan this, this magazine. I now had inputted everyone's information into my database. And if I found an opportunity that I thought was like right for them, I would just scan it in and send it to them via email. Now that's like a newsletter. And now we understand like some mass communication. But And then about a month into that, I realized this, as I'm looking through these ads, this guy, this casting director from MTV says, oh, you know, come to 45th and Broadway uh, at this time, Whitney Houston is going to be there, um, jo you know, join the audience. And I, I was available that day, mm. class-wise. So I took a couple of friends and we went to Times Square in, in Times Square, MTV Times Square. And I got picked to ask Whitney Houston a question. Uh, what was it like recording with Mariah Carey on the Prince of Egypt soundtrack? That was my, my question. And when Mariah, when, when, when Whitney came out, to the stage manager, she points to me and she says, this is the guy he's gonna ask the question, just tell the question. And I see Whitney say, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> a different question. And I was like, no, this is, <laughs> this is my moment, you know? And I turned to the casting director and they were like, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, hey, this was a blast. And if you if you ever need any help, I have a database like 700 people. And he was like, what? Mm. A database, 700, where are they? And I, I started at Fox News and then Food Network, um, worked my way back to MTV. And then in 99, 9999, um, they wanted to uh, create a talent development department. And first, my job was to help organize the castings. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm good at database. Then it was give, give the talent their, um, their call sheets and their information, their schedules for spring break and now I'm flying to spring break. And at first I'm a travel coordinator for celebrities. And then that's awesome. I'm a, I'm a personal assistant on site. And then 10 years later, I'm the one that's helping get these people, these jobs and make the impact mm. that they're making. But I thought MTV was the magic place, by the way, I gotta be honest in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was all about the audience to have millions of people watch my content. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's incredible. In TV is something that you know. Um, so, uh, that, and that's why I really feel called as a, an independent creator to help people take broadcast to podcast. In two thousand six, I converted my first podcast into a broadcast TV show called Man and Wife. Uh, it featured Fat Man Scoop and his then wife Shonda, and they were just a couple that talked about sex, and they weren't just two old like white guys that talked about sex like i learned in love line you know in the early 90s mm -hmm. and not to say anything's wrong with that but it was just a different time for a different conversation mm -hmm. and podcasting brought me there in, in 06 but mtv didn't like the podcasts no not at all huh there was some legal there was some legal things happening which by the way later I, I later learned at Adam Curry, one of the VJs bought MTV.com. MTV literally said, why would we ever need MTV.com or a TV network? So take it, it's yours. Just, you know, make it look like ours. And then ultimately MTV wanted it in 2003. That happened. And in 2005, Adam's credited with creating the RSS links that connect podcasts to the directories. He's kind of the pod father. Wow. So there's this real interesting uh, energy around podcasts at MTV. Mm. YouTube 
is starting to, you know, get on our turf. You know, the YouTube is saying things like the Janet Jackson Super Bowl moment was the most watched moment in the history of YouTube. That's our audience. So now, mm-hmm. you know, and I realized the world was bigger. Yeah. And it wasn't just on TV, by the way, that the explosion of thousands of cable channels, you know, added, um, all of which, you know, I've, I, so, I, so by the way, I've experienced tremendous growth in the industry before. People are so nervous about podcasts. Are you kidding me? You know, how many reality shows, let alone how many networks, right. whenever, <laughs> movies, poems, like what you, how many different cars? <laughs> you, we crazy. And by yeah. the way, we there, there's are plenty of making, space for everybody, right? We are making the space. It's mm-hmm. we are the alchemy of what is expanding. It is this collaboration. It is your episode. It is. It is now we have multiple series. Now there are multiple collaborations, and this yeah. is evergreen content. It doesn't go away like social media. No, What's happening on podcasting? This is the building blocks, in a lot of ways, the building blocks for the future of communication. This is archival conversations we'll be able to go back into. Yeah, you, you know, I had a conversation this morning with my co-host. I have a different show called the Seer Show. Yeah, and she was going, "Oh, Raphael, I was looking at because we we branch it out into my my YouTube, her YouTube. She's in Australia." She's like, you know, that episode we did three weeks ago. And she's like, oh, my God, I just looked at it. Nine and a half million people have watched wow. it. Congratulations. And then other episodes. Goosebumps. She's like, wait a minute. This one got 2.4 million. This one got 5.9 million. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, I can't believe this. I'm like, because we're original. Because yeah. we are doing something that people want, right? Yeah. And, and the cool thing about what we, you and I do Obviously, you've been doing it longer than I have, and it's it's bringing original content, right? And if people, here's the cool thing: if you don't like it, click next, next, <laughs> next. You That's don't have to like me either. Don't have right? a, because then you don't have an upset. Ever. See, in TV, so this weird thing. You, I don't, that's a little trigger, right? TV, this weird TV industry is a thing to. It's like a weird thing to me because I see it as an advertising industry with a TV leg. Like, mm-hmm. let's call it that. Let's call it an advertising because Red Bull and um, uh, Axe Body Spray, I know, paid my paycheck for 10 years. By the way, that's how I paid off my student loans. Nice. So don't get me wrong. Like, I, I had a very focused, regimented, um, and and I came, you know, as I said, like multiple children in my family, single parent family. And uh, my mom was a, a teacher. To be really, to be really honest, I thought $19,000 a year was a lot, like, I, that was, I thought, a lot. And that's how I thought, that's why I thought a millionaire's and million dollars was so far away because mm. everybody must make $20,000. When I worked as a computer programmer at Credit Suisse First Boston in my first summer, making $75 an hour, time and a half for Y2K compliance, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Euro databases and stuff like that, I, my mind was blown. I, 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 had, I had no relationship with money. I had no understanding of, you know how like i the 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 scope <laughs> of it was i didn't realize to be honest i didn't realize how small my little world was and i'm like i'm from Staten island everyone's name is Vinny. i haven't met yeah. <laughs> more than two other Vinnies in new york <laughs> the the perception the perception and that story that you know that we tell ourselves it, it just i remember i remember realizing i was just making myself so small mm. when i got to mtv I, I didn't know any better. I just thought they, I just 
when I just got, I didn't say I was the big, a bigger, more, I was a fuller version of myself. Mm. And I don't want to say, I got, and, and, and that, that allowed me to resonate and create some space and trust and pioneer some new ways. When I turned 40, about five years ago, I had this idea to maybe make myself a little bit smaller to work with some larger independent voices. Cause for some reason in my head, I felt like I need to be smaller to work with larger. And then I couldn't, I couldn't have been more wrong. By the way, what a great journey to have gone through five years ago. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just not resonating the way that it used to resonate. And I, and that's where the podcast came to be. And that's why I had to step, you know, for, for 20 years, I've been in the room making impact, removing my presence from the tape. Mm-hmm. For 20 years, 25 years, I've been auditioning people, having this dialogue, and then cutting my voice out oh. of the tape, throwing a bunch of photos on it and sending it into the network and saying, I'd like you to meet Sifu Raphael. Right. And then I play some music and there's a manta, and I got all your funny sound bites and, and we're off. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, there I am, you know, and I got, and what a deflection mechanism that mm. was i mean i'm very i'm very proud of the work i did don't of get me course. wrong i'm just I'm, I'm happy that i could be aware there was a lot of deflecting of, of my own personal development there and i became really happy to do what people wanted me to do because i was good at it yeah and then i realized if i'm so damn good at it why why do i have to only look for single women over 50 because that's what the network wants or where real couples going through a divorce that they don't, you know, that they don't know how to split their assets up. Mm-hmm. Like those are, or find a family to renovate their home because, you know, some, someone's got an illness. Well, that's a beautiful story to watch. But, but as an empath, I've got to find five families that are like that. And four of them aren't getting that. And I know those four as well as I know that fifth. It made me think of when you said we've got 9 million views and we've got like 2 million views. You know those videos as well as you know the videos that have five mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> and seven. Well, you then, love yeah. them. You love them as much. And I, I see that in you because you have uh, a healthy relationship between content serves the audience. Content doesn't bring the audience to you. It serves it. Like we want them fed and empowered and yeah. inspired and motivated with direction. So I, I really love what your energy is, by the way. And oh, thank you. I want to point that out. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, a a lot of people are, I think they go into podcasting for different reasons, right? You you have your reason, you went into it. I have my reason. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that if you're struggling doing it, then maybe you should not be podcasting, right? You should, it, it should be some sort of a passion. Yes. For some people, it's, it's a business, right? For me, I do it because my impact of bringing people like yourself to help someone. Maybe someone says, oh, I can't do what Raphael does, what Vinny does, what so-and-so does. Everybody who thinks they're going into podcasting, they they think they're going to be Joe Rogan. There's one Joe Rogan, people. He's the only one. You're not him, right? You're not Joe (laughs) Rogan. Take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. Listen. Do it. And by the way, there are days that he doesn't want to be him either, I bet. That's a hot seat to sit in. But, but here's the thing, right? When, when we think about the impact that podcasting is doing for people, because I don't get into my car and put on the radio. I either put on a podcast or I put an audio book. Because for me, 
it's information, information. I'm always looking to learn something. And podcasting has allowed people to do it. Now, my girlfriend, she does podcasting for entertainment. And that's good for her. She likes, you know, mystery and 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 like she she follows all that, those psychopaths and all that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. what she loves, right? And then I know other people that, you know, they, they go to podcasts because they want to know deeper about a celebrity or about a certain thing. So podcasting definitely is a world that you can dive into and you can be there for, for 24 hours a day, seven sure. days a week, right? I think that also, I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to get more into the Bible and I, I picked up the Bible. I threw it away. I picked up the Bible. I threw it away because I, I read it from front to back and it made zero sense. I said, you know, I bet you there's a podcast out there that's going to teach me how to interpret the Bible a little better. So I found one and I was like, wow, big difference. Now I appreciate it. Can I ask? Can I ask? Was it the King James version that you read? Yeah, that's yeah. King James. Yeah, that's that's a that's of of all the versions and all the ways to talk about that book. My 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 personal uh, experience that too has been the hardest for me to wrap my head around as a book, as stories, as scripture, as words, as paragraphs, as parables, as stories. You know, I had a very hard time. Um, because of how things were structured mm -hmm. um, uh, as well, too. Um, specifically with that version, there were other versions that, um, and, and through dialogue, yeah, through active conference. For me, I'm thinking back to the Bible Baptist Christian Academy as a kid, right. uh, where I can spell Potestivo and Deuteronomy, you know, as a, as a five-year-old. I was, <laughs> I was ready to go, you know. But, um, uh, but yeah, it was in those adult conversations that I was able to wrap my head around, around, um, around that a little bit more. That's great that the podcast was able to connect you to that. Oh my god! You continue listening to it now. I mean, first you go there because you have a question. Now you realize you have more questions. <laughs> you know that's that's the beauty of learning, right? If you yeah. don't have more questions, then you're done learning. Yeah. Right. You 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 have a podcast, right? Yeah. But tell me about your podcast because it does help people in a different way, and when we think about the positivity of what you're doing. Let, let's talk about that for a minute, if you don't mind. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I have a podcast. It's called I Have a Podcast, um, which I'm very <laughs> excited about. And um, I called it I Have a Podcast because I've worked really hard in this career. And there are people in my career and in my industry that I have already an existing relationship with that I'm signaling to. Mm. And I'm telling them I have a podcast. <laughs> Y'all know I had TV shows. Y'all know I had production companies. Y'all know I had, had network TV. You know, I, I want you to know what I have. I don't want it to get lost. I don't. I could have come up with a fun name that you know maybe was a little bit more spot on right. to the to the actual promise of my podcast. I I picked a big clunky name mm. because one, everyone says it all the time. I love it. So fun. Oh, I have a podcast, and it's called. I'm like, no, that's it. You stop you know it. I, I have mean? a podcast. Like <laughs> also. Also, I have a podcast is a nod to growing up in Al-Anon and Alateen. If I knew who a recovering addict was mm. and they identified themselves, I knew what tools they were working with. I knew the 12 steps I could reference. I knew the ways that I can connect with them um, in an educated way. 
the same as podcasters. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we're a little different than social media influencers who create content. There is a different level of networking and researching and publishing and the nuances of podcasting are different than in social media. Podcasting is a privately owned media versus social media, which is a publicly owned media platform. So big, big differences there. And if you've got podcast skills, whether you're a guest or a host, I'm signaling to you also. Um, I have a podcast on TV is our television show. We're distributed on Cox, Comcast, Verizon, uh, PlayStation, and a couple of uh, AVOD networks. Nice. Uh, I have a podcast on the radio is our syndicated radio show, which is a half hour weekly. And we pick different. So I'm able to tap into half hours that already exist during morning drives or afternoon drives where there's already an existing audience. And I'm able to leverage an existing audience with my podcast. So I'm enjoying uh, the podcast as a format, but just an FYI, that's a little bit of a different ecosystem and distribution system that you know I sought out to do. Nice. And in my podcast, I sit down with people I've already worked with. So to your point about, about a lot of people using podcasting as networking, I wanted to show it as proof of long-term relationships mm-hmm. in in the creative you know, community. So there's no one that really I'm talking to on my podcast and I don't know for like at least 20 years or so. And the coolest thing now is that journey. <laughs> I can sit down with Mandy Moore and we talk about, you know, the Princess Diaries and then Rapunzel and Tangled and then This Is Us and make sense of some of the decisions in between, all those important decisions that no one really gets to be a part of or see or understand how it works. Right. She's so brilliant. Early last year, she said, the input dictates the output. I can't tell you. And that's really a nod to like, you know, consume television, consume Mm -hmm. media, Mm -hmm. uh, be aware, you know, the the ingredients are going to affect, you know, the food. Mm -hmm. I I can't tell you how many times I've used that quote now in the context of chat GPT. (laughs) I had a hard time. You know what I mean? But isn't that right? That all this A, the future of AI, the input dictates the app but if you don't know who you are it's hard to show up for others really and uh, i learned that i learned that from awesome powerful creators that have been entertaining us educating us i realized at mtv that that i was creating a part of of the team that was creating these big talent brands and some of these talent would go on to change like laws and legislature will fight for my rights to marry who I want to marry and be mm. able to have children. And like, I, I realized there were some people that felt called to do something bigger with their fame to make bigger change that I got, you know, close with that. I got to work, uh, Beyonce, right. uh, Mandy Moore. I mean, these are, these are people who show, you know, uh, Ashton Kutcher. These are, they're, they're, these are people who show up like and fight for us and, and fight for us. As I said earlier in the room when we're not there, right. That's a big part of what I think about when when I'm at MTV 2002 to 2007, where I feel empowered with the decisions I'm making. The people we're picking are the people who are sticking and and I want them to make, you know, bigger, better change. And uh, I, I think that, that 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 allowed me to surround myself with people who saw media as a springboard, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, as a simple platform. You know, think of TV. So if Instagram is a platform and then reels and stories and all those things are surfaces, then think of TV as a platform and all the surfaces are like HBO and Netflix. Well, now that you can watch Netflix on TV and uh, <laughs> helping get you there. I'm, I'm good at that. 
you know, mm-hmm. I, and there's no, and there's no direct route, by the way, I've got a show right now in, in like, maybe it's still in the top 10. It was like a week ago. I, I've got a show in, on Netflix right now in the top 10 most viewed shows. It's a show that I was a part of 25 years ago oh, wow. called Laguna Beach. Okay. And then we had a spinoff show called The Hills. Um, and these two shows have hit the public zeitgeist, courtesy of a podcast. Mm. Back to the Beach, by the way. Shout out to Stephen Coletti nice. and Kristen uh, Cavallari. And, uh, uh, and, and they're the ones who really put it back. But podcasting, that story behind the story is what brought it back. So if you ask me how to get your show on Netflix, that's an unfortunate answer I've got for you. Is cast a show and wait twenty years. <laughs> a, a, my point is, there's a very non-linear success journey mm-hmm. in the creative arts. Let's not even say media. We know, we know, we know painters who were not alive to realize the the scope of awesomeness that we we see them as. They, mm-hmm. they had they died out having a single audience, and we now hold them as irreverent. Mm-hmm. And I feel really called. At this blip, this moment of time, this little time that we're all here on this earth where everything is happening, challenges we have, mm-hmm. ways, the obstacles that we can come together or not to. I know the thing that I can do is help people communicate creatively better, effectively, whether you're a business or a talent brand. That's the thing that I can say with confidence. I know how to do. Get you to get discovered and stand out, give you more visibility to communicate creatively. Creatively. I like that. I like, right. I like that. And there's love. And compassion and there humor is. and that yeah. you know i i love the fact of of visibility right because if you are not seeing nobody knows you're there mm. right yeah mm-hmm. it's just like the you know when, when if you chop down a tree in a forest and nobody who's going to hear it right only the people who are in the forest and near it because the forest is big right so <laughs> even thinking about podcasting a lot of people say oh the market is full no, the market is not full. There is so many chances. And that's why when, when somebody like yourself who comes on my show and they have a podcast, I want to talk about their podcast because I want to encourage people to go listen to your show, right? Thanks. You may be listening to mine. That's cool. And I appreciate you. But hey, here's someone else you can listen to. Somebody who's making a difference. Somebody who, hey, listen, they're having great conversations. You're having great conversations with people that you've known for 20 years or more. But let me ask you another question. Are you willing to have conversations with new friends? Yeah. So, so this is funny you say that. So because of the construct, because I, I, I was sensitive about people perceiving me as like a talent booker. And I, didn't, I don't want to show my entire Rolodex. I just want to show, by the way, also what's unique about my podcast is I think I'm going to have the same 12 people back over and over again. I think. Nice. The guests are who the guests are. I got years of stuff to talk about, creative challenges that you don't even know exist that we need to get into the nitty gritty of contract negotiations and ways to get out of compromising situations, unconscious bias in the interviews. There's so many things that I have access Mm. to some of the biggest performers. Why would I not? You know, so that's one thing that's kind of slightly unique. Um, by the way, some of those names, Mandy Moore, uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler, who's on Big Sky, ABC's Big Sky right now. Many of us know her as Meadow Soprano. Mm-hmm. Um, Christina Milian has been a guest. Danielle Fischel, uh, Topanga from Boy Meets World um, has been a guest. And uh, by the way, many of them have gone on to have podcasts after. So it's so cool. <laughs> um, cool. It's so, so cool, by the way. I feel like the level of inspiring. I get on, I get mm-hmm. on the mic and I'm 
I'm called to have them do that. Um, I created IHaveAPodcast.com as a platform to I to share and create. Basically, I created IHaveAPodcast.com so that I can write articles about new friends that I don't have on my podcast because of the construct of my show. And that I write an, an article, a featured article about them that hits Google and is distributed and aggregated through a couple of hundred different blog sites and, and gets really big impressions. Nice. And I, I created this database. Let's call it, I, I, here's it, by You're the way. You're still a database I look, guy. <laughs> I look at the database. I have, you know, some of it is people that have, like you that have, you know, I have one-on-one relationship with. Some come from Good Pods or Podmatch, you know, Cap Show. Like I'm starting to meet some awesome sources mm. of podcasters that I really connect with. I built it as a platform for them. So it's all about, I need to say your name. And so your name in the article, mm. not your podcast name. It's not about your podcast. I'm making an article about you. Mm. To me, I saw that in press, there's not enough articles about podcasters. There's listicles and there's like, you know, category conversations and is usually focused, if anything, on our podcast. But to get verified on social media, mm-hmm. you need news articles about you. So I became a news certified, Google News certified source. Beautiful. For, and then I realized, well, wait, <laughs> the same thing that happened to me like 25 years ago. I said, well, wait, I bet this, I have a podcast.com. How come? Like maybe I should put my podcast on it. And like, how come I, like, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird. Like, yeah, I didn't even think about that until afterwards. And then I thought, you know what, why don't we just blow this up and make it like a, like a magazine and make it like a, you know, a, a place where independent podcasters, I want to be the first person who ever interviewed you. I'm the first, like, that's the one thing I got is like, mm-hmm. I'm, I like OG casting. So like mm-hmm. people are like, why are you in podcasts? And you know how much new talent is in this industry? Oh my gosh. It's all new talent. It's all expert new talent. It's blowing my mind. Like mm-hmm. I appreciate the, the podcasting industry as a silo, oh, yeah. but how podcasting fractures those silos, those economic silos, how, how I'm meeting dentists and doctors and accountants and, you know, a dentist, a doctor, an accountant, and a casting director walk into a bar. It sounds like <laughs> a joke, you know, to record a podcast. Yeah. It sounds normal. <laughs> it's a really cool time to be helping people own their creative communication skills. And, uh, and right now, if you can own the IP, if you're like right now, you have, you know, you own the IP. Um, that's, that's why I, I think also why podcasting works for me is because you own it. I trust mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I've been to networks. I've worked for big companies that are on the stock exchange and have, board of advisors, you lose control past a certain point. You know, you said a couple of things uh, earlier, you know, people who are afraid to hop on, you know, to podcasting. I, no one owns podcasting. I believe in people. And also before podcasting, I got to say, just, you know, self-confidence. That's the one thing I would say that everyone needs to work on, regardless of who you are. Trust me. If you think I worked with the one presenters, these, any of the names that I've dropped, by the way, I've had this conversation. I've been the person in the room confirming what capabilities this, these people have mm. you know these doubts they crawl in yeah. they crawl in when the, when when what i am doing what i could be doing when that when that is too much mm-hmm. too much space to crawl in so we close that space we start more action yeah. start focusing on the things i should do and not could do yeah. that that makes me happier this way my story isn't taking me to places where my character shouldn't be my story will go places but it's it's my character me that that matters and well that's you know, that's I, who I, you're I, with at the end of the day right that's it 
at the very end of the day <laughs> in that box. It's just us, it's just it, me, myself, and I. <laughs> those are the only ones. The, the, the ones that matter are the ones that look back in the mirror, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the only person that truly matters. And it's not that. being presence, selfish presence, when you take care of you. Right? It's it. Oh, no. Because, listen, the most important thing I always say is it's not selfish when you focus on you. It's self-serving, yes. But if you can take care of you first and you prioritize yourself, then you can make room for others and you can help other people. Just the way you did with your siblings, right? You realize that, hey, you know what? I, I got this gift, but I didn't necessarily need it. But did you give it to them? Can you give it to them, right? Because mm -hmm. I can see that's the kind of person you are. Oh You're gosh. a very giving type of person. That's it. By the way, hang out with me. By the way, as I'm starting to crawl into the space that I'm in and I'm doing more public appearances, if you want more, this is a weird thing to say, but if, if anyone watching this wants more public appearances, and more, hang out, like hang out with me because I'm getting asked a lot to do things and I'm at a stage where I can say, well, also, what about, and I have a list of names. I'm, a, I'm not going to take a step forward if I can't be inclusive. Inclusivity is part by design of how I'm moving forward. So I, I'm not going into spaces that are big enough for me. I'm going into spaces that are big enough for us. And, I, and what I want to really do is take our audiences and build more communities. Two, two audiences or more is a community. I'd love to build an audience. Oh, yeah. I'm more focused on building a community. I'm better at building community mm -hmm. than um audience or maybe i just feel like i can <laughs> and that's what i should do yeah well you just you just talked about uh the true success right true success is you can be in the penthouse but do you want to be in the penthouse by yourself or do you want to have some people to enjoy the penthouse with right you can live in a big mansion but if there's no warmth in that mansion what good is it yeah you can lounge out you can sit in any room you want but you're by yourself. Oh, it's so true. I actually, yeah, right now, as I grow my podcast uh, presence in the, in the industry, it's person by person. Uh, that's my strategy. I'm just meeting people. I'm good at one on at building a fortress, building a fortress, a, a stage, a platform, brick by brick, one by one. Mm. Um, yeah, that really resonates. Um, that really resonates with me. So you're going to have to be in New York. Join us July 13th through the 16th and get ready for a life-changing experience as you prepare to immerse yourself in an event like no other. This is an opportunity to challenge yourself, learn new skills, and create lasting memories that you'll cherish for years to come. Vinny, I hope that you will join us as well. All right. Because I'm doing a big event. Sounds good. And I need you at it. I'm in Brooklyn. Sign me up. <laughs> I need everybody listening to come to it. It's going to be a business. I'm going to have celebrities, celebrities in their own right, right? Like if you don't, if you're not in front of the TV, if you're not, the camera's not on you, that does not mean you're not a celebrity. If you have any background, if you wrote a book, if you helped one person, to me, you're, you're a big deal, right? So I'm going to have authors there. I'm going to have business people there. I'm going to have doctors there. I'm going to have all kinds of people there who are going to impact your life. So do I want everybody there? Absolutely. Will everybody come? No, but that's okay. Only the important people will be there. And that's why I'm inviting you personally, my friend. Thank you very much.
So definitely mark your calendar. July 13th through the 16th, it's going to be a blast. I also need to have a, a venue where I can have people come in. I have people coming from all over the world. I got people coming from the UK, Australia, cool. Singapore, Italy. It. So it's it's. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let me tell you, man, it's going to be a blast. And w when we think about uniting people, this is why I've done the shows. People say, well, you don't have commercials on your podcast. I'm like, yeah. Are you going to have? I'm like, no. Why not? I said, because it's about the connection. Listen, we're having a conversation. Imagine in the middle of it. I'm like, wait, Vinny, chill out. You got to wait five, six minutes, and we're going to put a commercial on for you. Maybe eight commercials. Yeah. It, it stops the flow. So for me, connecting with somebody, I don't want an interruption. So for me, it's about connecting, becoming friends with somebody. I have interviewed, oh, my God, I think I'm going on 350 coaches. And it's huge for me. And the fact that all these people are now, we're connected, that's huge. And I know you're doing the same thing. And you said one of the most important things, and I said that's where you, you really talked about business. Business is about connecting people and bringing them along on a great journey. So I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Well, and, and I appreciate you having this conversation on LinkedIn. I like the journey happening on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah, I like the action that happens on LinkedIn. Oh, so yeah. um, I know we're, we're up on the we're hour, done. but like, thank you so much oh for, for the intentionality yeah. of this conversation. And I'm looking forward to what happens next, by the way. Looking forward to myself, my friend. Have an amazing, amazing day. Thanks, you too, bud. All right. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large.